Hi, this is Jessica from Forest Park Community Garden. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches and They're not Robin and Marion. They're not even Robin and Batman, but they are a dynamic duo. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Have forests, no wetlands, well, good planets are in the right? Oh, it just makes me sad hearing that. Did you read all the tributes to Adam West mm-hmm. yesterday? There were some ones on TV, too. Yeah, well, yeah, I saw the ones on TV, and I read the ones, and apparently... He was uh, a charmer. He that he was one of those people that you really wanted to work with uh-huh. in Hollywood. Uh, and I saw they got his his star on the Walk of Fame way late in his <laughs> career. Uh, and everybody had something good to say about him. And that's that's really fun. You know, one of the things I've discovered in uh, showbiz is, and you wonder about this. There's a lot of people who are successful. We're not that talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who are talented, who are immensely talented and are successful. And you go, OK, I get it. They're brilliant. And then there are the people who are not brilliant and become very, very successful. And usually what I've discovered behind the scenes, having been in a little bit of showbiz, these are the people you want to work with. These are people that everybody wants to work mm-hmm. with because they're positive. They come in, they know their lines, they hit their marks. They're no trouble. I mean, you, you hear all these stories, story after story about these uh, prima, the prima, donnas, the yeah. prima donnas and the people who cause trouble. You, nobody wants to work with those people. And so you have to sometimes because they're really famous. Uh, but then there's the people who are just a delight to have walk in the room. And that's what, uh, what's his name from Family Guy, um, the guy, Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane, who I'm <laughs> not a particular fan of. I'm like the only person in the world that's just not, <laughs> you know, everybody's, I know, just, uh, quotes chapter and verse of Family Guy. I'm like, eh, I watch it from time to time. It's, eh, it's okay. So you're you're kind of a, eh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a 14-year-old boy thing, basically. And there's a lot of, there's way too much stuff out there in showbiz that's 14-year-old boy oriented. And so I don't have a lot of patience with it. But... Seth MacFarlane yesterday was just talking about how wonderful it was to work with Adam West. I, to to paraphrase him, because I don't have the exact quote, he said, people walk in here and say, what, do you have drugs in the studio? Where does all this come from? No, we just have Adam West. I know. <laughs> Let's give that a, 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 a ding there. 
Uh, it was very cool. So, uh, and so I felt bad. So I was thinking about yesterday when we heard, we broke the news on this story to a lot of people. A lot of people were (laughs) going, oh my God, Adam West, I heard it on the Mike Novak show. Well, we got it from the New York Times, but a lot of places didn't have it. Until, I think until, we scooped the Tribune by I about think, an hour and a half. I think we did. <laughs> um, and uh, I felt bad because I was I was critical of the Batman series because it was campy and it wasn't my favorite thing in the world. And then I felt bad at the end of the day because I looked back at some of the clips and I went, yeah, it was goofy. It was, yeah. a, lot, a lot of people enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, and it made uh, Adam West a household name. So, so cheers to Adam West. Here's to you, Adam West. Uh, welcome to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. It's all Batman for two hours here today. And by the way, regardless of what uh, Heather Fry said in the introduction, we're not only on Saturdays, we're on Sundays, too. And tell your friends, tell your enemies. Oh, is that why we're here? Yeah, that's why. No, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Believe me, don't ask me why I'm here. Uh, but and then we're on at one o'clock with an encore of Saturdays. With an encore, Ben, have we got an encore of, uh, of Saturday show coming up at one o'clock? He's nodding yes. He's nodding. He's got the thumbs up. He's so got, it's he's got the Donald Trump thumbs up. Stop doing that, okay? <laughs> Just stop. You got you can't do that anymore. Use a different finger. No, no, not careful. that. Not that one. Not that one. Okay, thank you. We're on today till nine. Join us eight four seven four seven five fifteen. What did I say till nine? We start at nine. Yeah, oh, no, we're done. So we're done at 9. So let's, Time for breakfast. Let's go get some breakfast. Uh, 847-475-1590. And we had some callers yesterday. you got to love that. People asking about the uh, black knot on their on their plum tree. Mm-hmm. How not in- snot, not. And not snot. I thought it was black snot when she, because the phone line was really bad. Black snot. Uh, and and any- transplanting tulip trees and all and sorts of wh- stuff. What was the third one? I can't remember what the third one was. Anyway. Uh, on today's show, a ton of people, Diane Blazik from uh, uh, the National Garden Bureau and All-America Selections, and uh, we're going to talk about it's the year of the brassica, year of the tulip, not tulip, year of the rose, year of the daffodil, and year of the pansy, uh, and we'll talk about what that means. Josh Mogerman from the NRDC, who hasn't been on the program, I looked it up, for two and a half years, so I'm very happy to have him. We'll be talking Believe it or not, politics and climate, oh no, don't turn us loose on that. And Brianne, Brianne Heath, who's been on the show a number of times, love Brianne. Uh, she is the owner-operator of The Pie Patch, which is Chicago's back-of-the-yards organic pick-your-own fruit farm. And they're having a barn raising next week. It's in Chicago. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. I don't. And barn raising is in quotes. Yeah, we have to find out what that means. Yeah, I have no idea, really. So uh, I hope you join us for all of those conversations. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki on WCGO 1590. Is this the year you finally get your lawn off drugs? But why stop there? Why not work with your city, your park district, and your local schools to create a neighborhood of lawns that are beautiful and safe? Logic Lawn Care is an Evanston-based company with a decade of experience managing large turf areas naturally. They'd be happy to sit down with you, your local school, or city to answer any questions and to give you a free lawn care estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the North and Northwest 
East Suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free of ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and other treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths, including the non-toxic Cezanne Keratin Smoothing Treatment. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for Women and Men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. What is this, anyhow? This is your talk. This is America, Jack. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Welcome back to the 60s, folks. <laughs> We're spinning vinyl. That's right. This is all vinyl, all the time. Well, she got her daddy's car and she cruised and by request, going out to Peggy Malecki in Highland Park. She requested this song because it's summer in Chicago. I'm sounding a little bit like Dick Biondi there. Hey, everybody, Dick Biondi. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, boy, it's going to be one of them shows. It's going to be one of those, uh, you know, and, and I've only had a couple of couple of sips of coffee here, and uh, that's uh, that's what happens. So when, we may try to play some more Beach Boys today. I think I think definitely we've got a, a bunch of stuff here. So uh, I mean, wham, summer, all of a sudden. Yeah, just like that. Boom. And uh, 90 and hot, although it didn't get to be as hot yesterday as some people said it would be. It was, I believe, it hit 90. Um, it was 91 at Midway, they said. Oh, okay, see. That's uh, not and, the official. And they were talking a little higher. So it was interesting because I, I think I told you about this earlier. Some people were saying, eh, it'll be 89. Some people said, oh, it's going to be 93, and that's a big difference. The heat dome is growing over the Midwest. <laughs> we've, we've got this heat dome and the Midwest, and, and, and get ready for your tomatoes. Tom, get out of here. All right. Tom Skilling, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's uh, welcome to the program who's the woman who's sitting there patiently and rolling her eyes and thinking, uh, really, do I have to do this? And that is uh, Diane Blazik, who's the executive director of the National Garden Bureau and All-America Selections. Diane, good morning. Good morning, but I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm enjoying this. Okay. In fact, in fact, she's thinking, if they keep talking, I won't have to do anything at all. She was, that was it, right? She right. was dancing to the Beach the Boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think I think you need to explain uh, briefly uh, about th- those are actually two different organizations: National Garden Bureau and All America Selections. 
They are sister organizations. Are you executive director of both or of one? Of both. So, yes, they're two separate organizations. We work very closely together. You know, in a nutshell, All America Selections does plant trialing and then Mm -hmm. awards the designation, AAS winner, to the best performers. Whereas National Garden Bureau is more informative, we kind of act as like a mini PR marketing firm. One of our members would be All America Selections, but then we also have a lot of members that your listeners are familiar with, you know, Burpee and Territorial sure. Seed and Park Seed, companies like that. Yeah, I was looking at the the people who are in, and the businesses that are um, part of your organization, and it's kind of a who's who mm-hmm. in the gardening world. Including, I saw Alan Armitage, who was on our show several weeks ago, um, uh, but a, but a bunch of uh, of companies whose names you will recognize immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand <laughs> you're you're doing some moving this week, so we've we've dragged you right in the middle of that on the weekend, haven't we? Yeah, we we are. We're you know both organizations have been around for almost a hundred years, and the last. 30 to 35 years we've been in the same office. So we decided it was high time to kind of spiffy things up. So we're just moving about two miles away. We're still located in Downers Grove, but now we'll have nice, fresh offices and clean carpet and all that good stuff. And when's that happen officially? Tomorrow. Ah! (laughs) All right. This is perfect time. Well, thanks for joining us. So, So when you leave here, you're throwing things in boxes, huh? Yes. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope that that is mostly done. Now it's just that last minute. Okay, which box goes first? Which desk goes last? You know, the the organization of it. Because I'm a little, little overly concerned about the organizational part of it. I know it'll get done. I just want it to get done in the right order. Now I assume because you're the executive director, you're an organized person. Are you? Yeah. In most areas of my life. Sometimes my home life is not as organized as my office life. <laughs> ah, well, the family suffers. Well, okay. Right, we, right. We, we, <laughs> we've got that on tape. Uh, uh, but uh, one of the things that the National Garden Bureau does is it picks plants each. Oh, you know, and, and I'm going to get to that in a second, the year of plants. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, something that popped into my head when you were talking about the organization and the industry and what I read online, I find it fascinating that you're kind of a marketing arm, not of a company, but of an industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And does does how does that work? I mean, usually you've got a marketing arm of a company, and then so the marketing people can be told what to do and what direction to go in. Uh, do you have to be told what direction to go in by committee? Well, we have a marketing committee, but they don't exactly tell us what to do. It's usually brainstorming additional ideas. And, you know, like we were talking about our members, a lot of our members are on the wholesale side. So they don't talk directly to the consumer. So we're standing there as kind of this in-between. In fact, our new website, one of the themes is Connect. So we're taking the commercial side of horticulture and the consumers and being that go-between. You know, like we work with garden communicators quite a bit, radio personalities, and magazine and book authors. You know, those big yeah. popular radio personalities yeah, yeah, yeah. we have in this world. Nobody like that around here. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's how we operate um, on behalf of our members. So, yes, they 
you know, like a burpee, they will have their own marketing staff and they do a lot, but we supplement it. For other companies, we may be the only connection to the consumer. And uh, uh, that's very interesting. <laughs> you know, this, I, I have this vision of these companies saying, I don't want, I don't want to talk to them. You, you do it, okay? Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so let's get back to, uh, and, and I was looking at the list here of the, the folks who are in, and I mentioned the who's who, people like, as I mentioned, Alan Armitage, Bonnie Plants, uh, Brenton Becky's Bulbs, Cobra Head, Gardner Supply Company, um, Jung, W, uh, J.W. Jung Seed, or do they pronounce it Jung or Jung, as in the, uh, the uh, psychoanalyst? Um, Johnny Select. Go ahead. Yeah. What? Well, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's Jung. I've I've tried to pronounce it Jung before, but yeah. I've been corrected to Jung. Jung. Yeah. So it's Jung. So it's not Jung. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, right. Well, silly me. Uh, Johnny selected seeds. Park seed. Uh, Burpee, as you mentioned. Uh, winners. Uh, so all of the above. And right. Uh, right. And speaking of proven winners, I just got got a couple of rose plants from them in the mail the other day. So that's part of the marketing arm too, isn't it? Is exactly right. S- send, right. Sending out and, plants so that people can test them and then write back and say, "Hey, this this thing's really the the latest and the greatest," or ah, eh, not so much. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. That's that's another part of how all these companies are trying to get the word out. You know, because this is live goods. This is plants. This is mm-hmm. not a widget you put on the shelf. So no. anytime that there's an endorsement from a trusted source, then it's another really good way of communicating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get to that idea of the uh, plant of the year, these, uh, and, and why you have more than one, well, you, well, you have more than one because you want different kinds of plants. So this year you've got four plants that are uh, plants of the year for 2017 and they are the pansy, the daffodil, the rose, and the brassica. Uh, right, right, yeah. Four uh, different classes. Uh, right, exactly. Because you got you got what is it? Your bulb, your annual, your uh, what's the rose? What's that category? Ornamental. Perennial. perennial. That's, that's perennial. a perennial. So a shrub is uh, considered a perennial. Um, and in this case, yeah. Yeah, in this in this case, <laughs> we stretched it a little, but you know, we had to get roses in there. You couldn't. You couldn't avoid roses. Well, you know, it's interesting. We had um, uh, Tracy DiSabado Oust on the program last week. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I was it last week? Yes. Was, yeah, okay. Last Sunday. Boy, things, oh, man, it feels, like, it feels like three years ago. Uh, and one of the questions I wanted to ask her is, do you consider a shrub a perennial? Well, in, in your definition for the National Garden Bureau, you've obviously uh, decided for your purposes in this case, <laughs> yeah. A shrub is yes. a perennial. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then in other cases, like with All America's Selections, we trial perennials, but we only trial herbaceous perennials. We don't trial really? the, okay. the woody. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, sometimes the lines get blurred because, you know, when it comes right down to it for the home gardener or the home consumer, if it goes in the yard, it's their garden, you know? So so why get all technical and let's let's just talk about the different things that go in the yard and how you take care of them. Well, but there are people out there who are uh, nitpicky about those yes. those kinds of things, yes. and, and and to them, a perennial is herbaceous. It's mm-hmm. it, it's not a woody plant. 
Uh, and uh, I, for me, I'm like, yeah, I really don't care. It's uh, you, if it you, grows. You tell me what you want to call it this week, and uh, and I and I can roll with that. Uh, right. So one of the things that uh, we were fascinated by, and I'm looking at it right on our screen here, and so the graphics you guys had put together are really lovely for your year of plants. And I've got mm-hmm. the year of the brassica up right on the screen in front of me. And that's a lovely, yeah, lovely. Uh, is that a watercolor or a drawing? Uh, yes, that's that's actually a very interesting story. About three years ago, we decided that we needed an upgrade, you know, to our look and. So I got in touch with one of my daughter's good friends. They've known each other since kindergarten, and she's a graphic art major. And she came up with our new NGB logo. And then every year we have to have four new logos for each year Mm -hmm. of crop. Mm -hmm. So every year she's cranking out these watercolors, a very creative girl. Yeah, she's got a great future in front of her, and we're very happy (laughs) with everything she came up with for us. Yeah, we didn't pay her, but these really (laughs) look good. But oh wait wait I, I guess I'm projecting here that's what happens on this show all right that's a different thing uh, <laughs> but uh, if you go to mikenovak.net uh, you'll see it uh, scroll mm-hmm. down the article and uh, you'll see 2017 year of the brassica yeah. and if you go to uh, the uh, National Garden Bureau website and I have a link there you can see all of those logos and and they're really well mm-hmm. done. Uh, so- Go ahead, Peg. Well, so I was going to ask some questions, especially on the brassica, because I was sure. I was reviewing. You guys had a PDF slideshow up there of like sixty-one different brassica. <laughs> yes, how quite are, a few. To how look are you? Yeah. So are these all new selections? Because they didn't match necessarily all of your your new introductions off the website. Where do you come up with the list of what you're including? Well, this is where our members come in. So. What we ask them for is examples of this class that they want to feature. And sometimes we have to be kind of selective. You know, they probably send in more than 60. So we're looking for a really good representation. You know, Mm -hmm. if if we only got one kohlrabi, we might go out and say, come on, does anybody have a purple kohlrabi they can include? So we want a good variety of things. And also part of the purpose of this program is, to kind of um, inspire people to try different things. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of new breeding work out. So, you know, the brassicas that we're featuring are not the brassicas that were being grown 30, 40, 50 years ago for the most part. Every once in a while we include some heirlooms. Yeah, they're not your mother's brassicas is what you're saying. Right, right, yeah. So, you know, an orange cauliflower, that wasn't around 50 years ago, but now we have an orange cauliflower. Really? We want to include that and talk about that, yeah. Uh, and by the way, if folks are listening, they go, what's a brassica? And I'm going to uh, read this directly from your site. So this is what the National Garden Bureau says. The brassica family of plants is one of the most prolific genera of vegetables in the world, enjoyed by countless generations in many forms and playing a starring role in many culturally significant recipes. Brassica vegetables, including bok choy, cabbage, cauliflower, collards, Broccoli, Brussels, sprouts. Oh, Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> kale. I should have known they both capitalized there. Uh, oh, co- kale, kohlrabi, rutabagas, and turnips are popular around the world today and have been a major food source for as long as anyone can remember. And this is a really uh, uh, very interesting here, also known as coal crops, C-O-L-E, derived from the Latin word colus, denoting the stem or stalk of a plant 
Brassica provide plenty of nutrition, vitamin C, and soluble fiber, and healthy doses of gluco. What, what's that, Peggy? Glucosinolates. Okay, thank you. A compound that helps reduce the risk of various cancers of the digestive tract. Uh, meaning, uh, you want to eat your brassicas, okay, folks? Uh, in eat addition, your broccoli. Yeah, eat your broccoli. That's what it is. I don't like broccoli. Uh, in addition, red brassicas provide mega doses of anthocyanin, a pow- powerful anti- antioxidant, uh, at bargain prices. Some, uh, what was that word again, Peggy? Glucosinolates. Thank you. Have, have a bitter ha- flavor. Yeah, that makes them uh, unpalatable to some people. Modern breeding has replaced some of mm-hmm. that with neutral flavored ones so all palates can enjoy brassicas. I didn't realize that we that that you guys uh, or or that the world has dumbed down brassicas for us so that we can uh, eat them. Yeah, it's kind of sad, isn't it? But <laughs> yeah, it if, is. if it gets more people to eat them yeah. and they're healthier then that's all good. Well, there actually is a gene that some people carry that <laughs> makes something bitter unpalatable. No matter I've heard that with yeah. um cilantro too. That some people have, you know, whatever it is, that gene or that taste uh, bud mm-hmm. that makes, you know, like about half the world. I've done these surveys before. Half the world absolutely hates it, and half of it loves it. And I think the haters are the ones who have something genetically that makes cilantro taste horrible to them. I hadn't thought. I I never realized yeah. that because I don't. I've always been interested in people who say, "Oh my God, I can't possibly have cilantro," uh, and I taste it, and I'm. I'm I'm a, I think I'm unusual because I'm in the category that oh it's okay yeah, I it's love a, cilantro but something super bitter I, yeah I can't eat it like a a brew like a beer <laughs> yeah super bitter IPAs super bitter. but something like a dandelion root ah or sorrel you, you know makes I, me want to gag what I found I cannot with dan- eat it da- oh not dandelion root but Dandelion, dandelion leaves. That's yeah, dandelion leaves. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've done that. You gotta, you gotta really. Yeah, and, and there's a book. You gotta cook them a long time. There's a book I'll have to find on taste. I'll, I'll loan it to you. It it talks about that gene. I'd love to read that. All right, we're talking to Diane Blazik. Uh, give us a call if you got a question. Eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety. We'll be right back with her. She is the executive director of the National Garden Bureau slash All America Selections. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Stick around. If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. That's because you're missing out on not only the garden magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, Aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. And Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. 
Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Round, round, get around, I get around, yeah, get around, round, round, I get around, I get around. Wow. That's a little distorted. <laughs> it's coming. This is right off the U and tube. So. <laughs> Uh, that's okay. You this can is just what, kind of fill in with ooze over. Yeah, it. <laughs> you, you throw so you know when when you go to the YouTube, uh, you never know what you're getting. You know, and that's funny because when you're looking for music on YouTube, you can go through like a dozen of these, and they're all distorted or just nasty. Yeah. And but that that's okay. We you get an idea what that is, and it's summer. We got we got uh, 90 degrees today, so we're playing a little Beach Boys. We'll uh, we'll move to other stuff in a second, but that was by request from Peggy. She sent me an email last night. I said, <laughs> I want Beach Boys. Okay, there you go. We're talking to Diane Blazik, uh, the executive director of the National Garden Bureau slash All-America Selection, sometimes All-America Selection slash National Garden Bureau. Uh, and we were talking about the plants of the year. We just talked about brassicas, and you found out that there's a gazillion of them, uh, and that's one of the reasons they're one of the plants of the year. Uh, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention roses in June because June is Rose Month, right, uh, Diane? Exactly. We just did a blog on that last week, uh, announced it on Friday. So not only do we have our year of, but, yes, we are also promoting June as National Rose Month or the Month of the Rose, however they word it. We're, we're working in partnership with the American Rose Society. I'm not sure if you do much with them out of um, Alabama, I believe. Uh-huh. So they were very helpful providing images and information for our fact sheets. And, yeah, great organization. I I have to say I'm one of those guys, and, and I'm not going to make any friends here, <laughs> but I'm one of those guys that says, how many varieties of roses do we really need? Um, it's it's It gets to be confusing after a while, and I'm not the only one. I think the average gardener, uh, when someone says, get yourself a rose, they their their eyes glaze over and their their head starts to swell because it's it there's so much out there, uh, and then what happens is they end up getting a knockout because that is uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know and and that's got to <laughs> right be, the popular one right it's yeah. really popular and that's got to be frustrating to you because you obviously want them to expand their palate and see what's out there. Knockouts traditionally don't have. Wonderful fragrance, although I know they're, they've bred some of that into them. That that originally was the knock on the knockout. Uh, but uh, trying to promote roses has got to be an interesting challenge for you. Yeah, you're right, because people do know just, you know, one or two brands. Or they're, they're really hung up on, well, my grandmother had this one and I'm keeping it alive and everything like that. So... With, with all of our programs, we're just trying to expose everybody to 
all the different varieties and why there are new varieties available. And some of them, I mean, you know, gardening is, is a very regional hobby. So we always like to say, you know, rely on your friends at the local garden center or your local extension agent. They're the ones who are probably going to be best versed on, well, what really works in your area? Mm -hmm. And they'll be able to ask the question, well, what do you want? Do you want a climbing rose or do you want it for fragrance or do you want it where you're going to get tons of blooms all summer? So you're just going to have to talk to some of the experts and the people who, who are dealing with this day in and day out. And, you know, don't try to do all the research yourself. There's a lot of experts out there that'll help. Well, and and often, unfortunately, it boils down to showing up at the garden center and what do they have in stock? Yeah, what's left? Right, and, right. And yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's true because there, while there are a lot of people who will go online and they will research roses and order mm-hmm. something, there's a lot of people, and I guess I number myself among them, I show up at the garden center and see what's there. And I do the same thing. Do, yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Because it's easy. And you may have a list of things you want, but you go and you're like, hmm, this one might work instead. Yeah. It's there. You can it's on take sale. it home and you can immediately plant it. Right. Yeah. However, the good news about my yard is that it's completely filled. There's no way I can add another plant. So I, I, I when I go, I'm not, t- oh, I'm not yeah. even, I'm not even tempted anymore at garden centers. I look at that and go, oh, how interesting. Uh, yeah, 20 years ago, I might that might have put that in my yard, but not now. Uh, let's get to some of the other stuff uh, that you're doing, um, including uh, your uh, efforts. In therapeutic gardens, you have a, a, a program called Growing for Futures for Future Therapeutic. Uh, no, Growing for Futures, yes, with an S, S Therapeutic Garden Grant uh, to support building and growth of therapeutic gardens across North America. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, this is um, our philanthropic program, and we started it three years ago. And as an organization. We know all the good that comes from gardening. You know, I mean, you're getting outside, you're getting fresh air and and exercise, and you're growing your own fresh food, and maybe it's even organic food. But there's way more that gardening can do. And therapeutic gardening was very popular after World War II and through the 50s. And then it kind of, you know, like, like a lot of things outside, you know, it started moving to technology, et cetera. And so over the past, I, I don't know, I'm just going to throw out 10 years, we've seen a rise in research about how gardening can help people. And it's people with disabilities, without disabilities, you know, whatever the case might be. And we decided that it was time for us to not only support it, but make some noise about it to get people more interested. So back in 2014, um, Julie Tracy from the Growing Solutions Farm here in Chicago, we were on your show. We were doing a big fundraiser for them, and we put a lot of efforts into PR, and I'm very happy to say that their garden is still going strong. And since then, we've turned it into from a fundraiser into a grant. So we just set aside five to $10,000 every year and applications come in. We work very closely with Chicago Botanic Gardens. They're on our committee that kind of weeds through all the applications. And we narrow it down to a couple gardens. Then we put them out on social media and basically take votes. So the public can vote on, you know, which one do they think gets the first place grant money and then second and third. And it's just quite often when I start talking about these garden grants, you know, I tear up because you're hearing about what these programs are 
doing for people and the difference they make in their life. And I think the one that is most sentimental to me is it's down in Dallas, and it was one of them that we um, recognized last year. It provided a a respite place for children who are impacted by homelessness, and they found that there were some behavior issues and acting out. But once they came into the garden and started learning how to plant things and were doing some weeding, a lot of those aggression issues would go by the wayside. And that's just one small example of mm-hmm. the mm. many things that you can get from a therapeutic garden. I'm kind of surprised that you mentioned that therapeutic gardens were popular coming out of World War II. I shouldn't have been surprised, but I, that's the first I've heard of that. Yes, it's very prevalent. I mean, then for, um, you know, the veterans returning. Right. It's it's huge now. It, again, down in Dallas, we were down there a couple of years ago, and we visited a place that's called Farm, um, Farmers Assisting Returning Military. And they have an old-fashioned type farm. You know, it's probably 10 acres or so, but they do row crops and gardens, and they have sheep and cattle. And if they have PTSD and they come back and they're working on this farm, it is amazing how it can be managed a little bit. Uh, Yeah, well, I've covered that over the last few years. That has become uh, a big deal, but I guess I was surprised that uh, it had a history uh, that goes back. And I've had uh, folks on the show who have started farms, veterans. uh, A couple of uh, women came on the show several years ago from uh, a farm in Indiana called Wild Blue Yonder, and they obviously were Air Force and they started it, and they bring vets to their farm, and they teach organic farming. Uh, and uh, they're not the only one. Um, they're, oh, I'm going to blank on her name right now, my friend out uh, Naperville Way. Um, uh, Aunt V. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's her? Veronica Porter? Is that it? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, who's, yeah. Who's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And she's done one, too. I'm glad I remembered mm-hmm. her name because she's wonderful and she's doing wonderful work. So it's uh, that that is important. And, and you talk about therapeutics in terms of gardening and therapeutic gardens. And I say this and I don't mean it facetiously. Every garden is a therapeutic mm-hmm. garden. There's, it's, I totally agree. Definitely. Right. Right. You, you know, I suppose you can do it specifically with that in mind. But. If you garden, you're getting therapy, and it's cheap uh, compared to uh, what you're doing on a couch. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, that's another reason to advise people to do that. There's there's something about rolling in the dirt. We the, the song that we play at the start of the second hour is basically about throwing away the cell phone and rolling get your hands in the dirt. Get your hands in the dirt. Uh, so, uh, well, uh, in just a couple of minutes we have left, uh, by the way, if people want more information on this, uh, they can go to NGB.org. It's that simple. National Garden Bureau, NGB.org. And you can find all that information. Uh, but I wanted to talk about, uh, all America selections very quickly. Uh, you mentioned trial gardens and that sort of thing, uh, for perennials. Uh, there are a bunch in the Chicago area. Where in the country are the all America selection gardens? Well, we have two different types of gardens. We have trial grounds, um, which is where they are trialed, tested, uh, before they're ever introduced to the market. And those are not open to the public, but um, sometimes you may be able to find them. Like Chicago Botanic Garden is one of our perennial trial Mm -hmm. grounds. Um, Out in West Chicago, the Ball Horticulture Company trials our vegetables and our annuals. So they're out there. But what's even better 
is our display gardens. And on our website, there's there's a tab for display gardens. And you can just search by city or state. The display gardens are the pretty ones. That's where you really want to go see because those are only the winners. So they're not undergoing trialing anymore. They have proven themselves, and they are now being shown in the gardens to strut their stuff. Uh, and I knew um, I've I've seen some of these gardens and and, and um, Ken Benson over at Triton College. I don't know if they do one there anymore, but they did for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I knew about what he was doing things. But as you say, they are just perennials and not uh, woody plants at all. Uh, for our perennial trial, which we do not have any winners yet because we just started it last year. Yeah, our perennial trial is just herbaceous perennials. Mm-hmm. So we actually have four categories. Um, 2019 will be the first year that we introduce the perennial winner. So that's one. Then we have annuals that are propagated from vegetative cutting. Then we have annuals that are propagated from seed. And then we have our edible trial. So we have four different ones. Um, so right now, if you visited a display garden, you would see anything in the, the last three categories, you wouldn't see perennials quite yet, unless they were tested as an annual. That's what we used to do. And we still do, because some perennials just perform really well the first year. Uh, Cheyenne Spirit Echinacea, I mean, I think everybody's heard of that one. That was trialed as an annual, and it's well, one of our winners. Okay. Well, thank you, Diane Blazik, so much. Go to ngb.org. Get back to packing those boxes, and uh, <laughs> I hope we talk to you real <laughs> soon. Do. Thanks, Diane. Thank you. Have a great Sunday. We'll be right back. Now's the time to get on board with one of McHenry County's premier sustainability and healthy living events. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place November 4th, but registration for vendor and artist space is open now. McHenry County College is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and this year's Green Living Expo is going to be bigger than ever. They've added an artist walk where visitors can shop and chat with local sustainable artists. And if you offer eco-friendly holiday gifts, you'll get a head start on the season. Mike and I were there last year, and the Expo is a great way to interact with McHenry County's green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815 815- 479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please, support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there?
How's this? There's a place called Coca. <laughs> Do you, wait, you can kind do of the later, more, more mundane Beach Boys. Yeah, you're, you're not as big a fan of, of this Beach Boys, huh? Of the later Beach Boys, like the old Beach Boys. You want the old Beach? Okay. So the Beach Boys, a taste of Chicago once. That was fun. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. Back when it was the old Taste of Chicago, Mayor Burns' Taste of Chicago. Oh my goodness, Taste of Chicago, At, uh, Mayor Burns. Yep, Soldier Field. Uh huh. Uh, Soldier Field? Yeah. The so Beach Boys a- played Soldier Field. Cool. And that was like uh, 1952, right? <laughs> Could be. <laughs> no. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We are, uh, we are furiously looking through our stuff here because after our conversation with Diane Blazik, we started talking about... Um, yeah, I'm getting locked out of Tribune articles. Yeah, well, yeah, you got to get the subscription. Yeah. Does the it cash somet- sometimes no cash. I believe that's a <laughs> and, and if you got any you can send it into the room uh there. By the way, Ben Boquist, let's uh Oh ding. You get two he dings. Two dude. dings. Yes. Cause just just for showing up on a Sunday, okay? That's uh that's why uh you get those. Uh I was wrong. It's not wild blue yonder organic farm, it's blue yonder organic farm. And they were on the show. I got a, my story about them. These two Air Force women come in to talk about this, and I was very interested. And they they dressed to the nines. It was a Sunday morning, like much like this one. Um, and we are not dressed to no, the nines. No, we are by not. No, well, that's because nobody's here in the studio <laughs> today. It's all on the phone, and all we have to. Uh, the only person looking at us is Ben. Well, and then Audie, the dog, wandering around here is looking at us too. Although Audie got put in the back room again, right, Ben? Yep, she's uh, stowed away. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, and I don't have a donut in hand, so she's not that interested in me today anyway. So I found the Naperville information. Okay, uh, I just want to let you know about uh, Blue Yonder. And, and so they came in, and they, they, were, they were just stunning. And, <laughs> and, uh, but it was fun t- uh, talking to them. Um, they are veteran-owned and operated family farm dedicated to connecting people with their food in a way that fosters abundance and renewal, as they say. Uh, and uh, that place is in Indiana. In fact, if you want to go to their website, it's blueyonderorganicfarm.com. Uh, and they're part of a program that's called Homegrown by Heroes. And it started in Kentucky. And if you go to homegrownbyheroes.com, you'll you'll see a Kentucky Proud logo, and you'll wonder what that's about. Well, that's where it started. That's, but it has spread to many states. I don't know exactly how many states it's in right now. It's a uh, marketing uh, initiative um, that uh, in Kentucky uh, provided the Kentucky farmers who served in the military service distinctive marketing branding power to their locally grown and raised agricultural products at the point of sale. And, and like I said, they, they managed to take this uh, program and expand it throughout the country. And I believe that the blue yonder gals uh, are part of homegrown by heroes. Now we were mentioning Veronica Porter and I guess you found her stuff, Peggy. 
Yeah, so she's got the Veterans Victory Farm. Right. Okay, there we go. Cool. Wait. Give her a ding. Give her a ding. And uh, the, the mission of that is to bring economic development to Naperville while providing jobs and a path to success for veterans, including vets with TBI and PTSD, as well as highly capable young men and women with hidden disabilities. Uh, and I'm telling you, these, these, uh, the stuff that is going on mm-hmm. out there is, is really good. And, I, and I'm so glad that folks come back from their service. And, you know, and that's the amazing thing. They, okay, what do they do? They serve their country. They come back. And then they serve their country again and their their buddies uh, who they served with often overseas. Yeah. And uh, on goodgrub.org, there's a community food solutions and there's a whole link there to some of the veteran, uh, some of the farming for veterans. So I'd I'd say if people know of other groups around, you know, send us a tweet. Yeah. Or, or, Or send something on Facebook. Or email. Uh, and, oh, you know, while we're here, speaking of sending us up and getting word out about things, uh, I need to let folks know that we are going to be oh yeah, uh, live, live, on, live, 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 live on the 24th. Where's my cheat sheet? I can't. Oh, hold on. Talk amongst <laughs> yourself here. It's right over here. So we'll be live on the 24th. We're going to be with the fish. It's going to be really cool. <laughs> We don't want you living with the fishes. Uh, it's the 25th annual Midwest Pond and Koi Society Koi and Trade Show. And we talked about this yesterday. The Max McCook Athletic and Exposition. And that's how it ends. And exposition. An exposition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Facility. <laughs> Place. Koi <laughs> Pond. Koi Pond. Well, I've been there, you know, and I'm going to put photos of that up. A couple of years ago, I spoke there, not about Koi, because one of the things they do is they have all kinds of seminars, and they bring in other people to talk about things other than Koi, because, let's face it, people who have Koi ponds also have gardens in their backyard, so I came in and did a talk about gardening, Uh, and I got to see these containers with all these Koi, and you you get... You get kind of carried away with your camera because there's so many different colors, and you think you can get the perfect photo of a koi. Uh-huh. Of course, they're swimming around, yeah. and it makes it difficult. And just when you focus, they leave the picture, and you're yeah. trying to shoot through the water, and that makes it <laughs> tough too. So, uh, but this is the 24th, which is a Saturday. Our regular show from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, will be done live at the 25th annual Midwest Pond and Koi Society Koi and Trade Show at the Max McCook Athletic and Exposition facility in mccook illinois and uh you'll see the koi you'll you'll i think we're going to talk to some judges Mm -hmm. how do you how do you judge a koi how do you know this is a good fish besides (laughs) it you know it's uh got some pretty scales there exactly and nice orangey color um and i'm hoping dr bob passavoy will be there for many years bob uh, has been on my program. Not for a while, though. Uh, he used to come on regularly back when I was at Gargantua Radio mm-hmm. down the dial, and we would talk koi and ponds. And his his philosophy about ponding and people who, who start ponds is if you start a pond, you're going to want a bigger one. And that's that, that was the way it went with him. It's like if, when it, if you start a pond, 
That's what's going to happen. Yep. You're going to move into something bigger. So uh, you can go uh, to uh, mpks.org to get more information, and I hope you come out there and join us, especially if, uh, if you're, you have an interest in this at all. And who knows what we'll be talking about. It's going to be uh, uh, a really uh, fun time. Yeah, there's all kinds of seminars and, and uh, I think things about <clears throat> building up the garden around your pond, too. So that should be interesting. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what folks do. They kind of put all of that together. And so you're going to go out in uh, in this heat after the show and, and plant tomatoes today? Is that what's going to happen? I don't know if that's going to happen today. It may wind up happening tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and we don't have Rick DeMaio today. I was surprised yesterday when I was, uh, last night as I'm putting the show together and watching the local weather report, because I did not have Rick DeMaio on the show yesterday. I know. I know. I just, I'm, I'm there's lost. A, there's, there's an emptiness in my, in, my, in my life. Uh, and I saw that there might be rain by Tuesday. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? I'm glad because they, they were forecasting. Yeah. Actually, that's and, what I have to do is I've got to water when I get home. That's not a bad idea. That's what I've been doing. Kathleen, I've been taking care of the tomatoes while you're gone. I, I did water them yesterday. All right. Second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Monkey coming up. So stick around for that. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Killer asparagus was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work, and so am I. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Raven Gosplach, my favorite holiday dish. Thank you, Mr. Wolf. Mr. Data, options. It seems to be available online at aroundtheblockpress.com. Aroundtheblockpress.com. What do they have to say? Hmm. It appears that Mike Novak is a slapstick every gardener. I prefer my asparagus with a side of patach Mr. Wolf, are you joking? Actually, Captain, I believe he is choking. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-475-1590. Here they are again. Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Whenever my head starts to hurt, before it goes from bad to feeling worse, I turn off my phone, I get down low, and put my hands in the dirt. I try to stop the world from moving so fast. Try to Welcome get back on a warmish Sunday. Although I have to say, Peggy, uh, going outside, uh, it smelled like summer. Mm-hmm. You hit, you know that summer smell. Mm-hmm. There's a spring smell. There's a summer smell. There's an autumn smell. Yeah. Winter, you can't smell anything. It's too cold. Uh, there's a little. Yeah, there's a little something. But that that humidity creeping in <laughs> smell. Yeah. Summer. And, and you were checking the radar, and Wisconsin getting is getting blasted yeah, this morning. Yeah, tornado warnings up there. Yikes! And they were saying that uh, on the news last night that none of that's supposed to dip down here. But it wouldn't surprise me. If some of it did. Yeah, well, it's cloudy outside now. So, there you go. Uh, let's uh, welcome 
to the program. Somebody, I was checking Josh Mogerman, and you haven't been on my show in two and a half years. It's a, It's been that long. Uh, he is the National Media Director for the Natural Resources Defense Council, the NRDC. You see them out there all the time because that's what they're doing. They're defending our natural resources. Josh, good morning. Good morning. What did I do to offend you? <laughs> it, it wasn't you, dude. It was me wandering in the internet. <laughs> I was wandering in the internet wilderness for a couple of years there. So now uh, I've got this uh, home at fifteen ninety WCGO, and now you're back. So I need my, I need my folks. I need folks like you, uh, who are out there every day. See, Peggy and I love to talk about climate issues. But we also talk about gardening issues. Mm-hmm. We talk about all kinds of different issues here, green living, and and uh, it. We don't always have the time uh, to do this, so that's where you come in, and people like the NRDC, organizations mm-hmm. like the NRDC, because you're doing this every day, uh, and and I imagine that. Uh, when you wake up these days in, uh, in 2017, you're either weeping or you're laughing because you can't do anything in the middle, can you? No, not really. I mean, you know, as a as a guy who talks about this policy stuff all the time, my job has gotten a little easier because there's certainly not much nuance to what I have to say these days. That's a very interesting point. Yeah, because... We were talking about this off air just now before we went on, and and I will warn you, we only have a couple of minutes here. We'll break, and then we'll have a much more engaged conversation. Uh, There has not been this much attention on climate, and and I can't remember how long. You know, when even when Obama was was negotiating the deal in Paris, uh, which he signed, although he didn't send it to the Senate, and there's issues about that, but. you look at the the election last year. I used to rail about how uh, environment was never ever discussed in any of those debates. Never, it never came across. And and shame on the media, shame on NBC and CBS and PBS and all of those people. Shame on you. You, you and and here's what we've got. Uh, we've got the, the, a, a president who says we're pulling out of the Paris climate accord uh and it's not surprising is it josh no i mean i think they they sort of broadcasted this was going to be the case this is a a president who who uh you know at this point refuses to answer any questions about whether he believes in climate change so the only thing we've got left to look back at to figure out where his stances are are tweets about uh climate change being a a chinese hoax and (laughs) You know, actions speak louder than words, and you can look at the folks that he has surrounded uh, himself with in his cabinet, um, most notably EPA uh, Director or Administrator Pruitt, um, as a guy who, when he was Oklahoma uh, Attorney General, sued the EPA uh, more than a dozen times to stop Mm -hmm. it from doing its job. And I think it's pretty easy to see that we have a chief executive here who – isn't really interested in doing what needs to be done to deal with climate and other pressing environmental issues at this really, really important moment. It's uh, something we need to be focused on as a as a society. Well, yeah, I, but I guess my point was we sort of reaped what we sowed, uh, is that we didn't bring this up before, and folks knew that uh, this guy in the White House didn't really have 
strong opinions. I don't. He doesn't have strong opinions about anything. He's not an ideologue. He just listens to the last person who was in the room with him saying something, and then he goes with that. Um, that's so dangerous because he's, as you mentioned, surrounded himself. He doesn't read. Uh, he doesn't read. He's not curious. He's not interested in anything. So you can't say he has an opinion about anything. He just makes these pronouncements that are not based on science. They're not based on fact. They're not based on anything at all except his particular whim at yeah, the moment. and the money trail. And an alleged money trail, because one of the things he said at this announcement pulling out of the Paris Accords is that I'm going to be saving us a bunch of money. Well, prove it. Saving who? Yeah, prove it. I, there's no there's no indication. And I and I think you could probably help us with this, Josh, that pulling out of that accord is going to save us any money. Yeah, we had committed three billion dollars. I guess a billion had already gone into it. Uh, that's from what I read. Uh, but. If you look at the the long-term effects and the long-term benefits of staying with the Accord and and the new energy that Mm -hmm. we would create, we'd probably make a lot more money. Well, we need to take this break. We'll be back with Josh Mogerman, who is the NRDC National Media Director. You're welcome to call us. Here's your chance, 847-475-1590. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, 1590, WCGO Chicago Smart Talk. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair care products available to make sure you get exceptional color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins ordinarily found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots offers non-toxic, vegan-friendly nail services. They've also just introduced a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths. And how many salons do you think repurpose hair clippings, recycled product containers, and use LED lighting? Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Chicago Gardeners, is your yard looking good this year? Why not enter it in the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards open to residents of the city of Chicago and presented by the Mike Novak Show, Illinois Extension, the Shed Aquarium, Chicago Community Gardeners Association, and Natural Awakenings Chicago. The awards provide recognition to the hard work and creativity that make our city a healthier, more beautiful place. They support the pride we take in our neighborhoods and help us build our communities. Types of gardens include ornamental, vegetable, container, and specialized gardens, such as green roofs and walls, rain gardens, sidewalk cafes, and more. Categories include small and large buildings, schools, and other organizations, and there's even a special category for community gardens. You have until June 23rd to enter, and it's free. Go to Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards on Facebook or click on the Chicago Gardening Awards at MikeNovak.net for more information. What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590. WCGO Chicago. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Well, I saved my pennies and I saved my... 
Well, you could do that in those days. You could say pennies and dimes and actually get a car. Uh And that was probably a filler-up Ethel car, too. (laughs) Yes, right, exactly. So that's that's the last one you get. That's the last okay, Beach Boys thank song. thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, the Beach Boys. I'll be dancing the rest of the morning. Courtesy of Peggy Malecki and YouTube. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show on Chicago Smart Talk, 1590 WCGO. On the phone with us here, we have an old friend, Josh Mogerman from the NRDC. He is the uh, coolest guy at the NRDC because he said so himself last night. In a text, I thought that was the coolest dude. Uh, was it dude? Uh, it, it was dude. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I can't find it because my my computer won't even s- scroll. Yeah, it is. And I wrote it on the blog. The coolest dude at the NRDC. Okay. That, but and we're honored to have the coolest dude at the NRDC. So I want to get back to the to, to what I set up before the break, which was follow the money. Uh, that was uh, the uh, the Trump guy's uh, explanation of why we're pulling out of the uh, Paris Accord uh, because it's going to cost the United States a bunch. Uh, what would be your response to that, uh, Josh? Well, a good business guy goes through and looks at the real costs of things. What, what are the, the costs of actions and what are the costs of inaction? And, uh, you know, we're talking about, first of all, Real opportunity. The the there've been a lot of uh, international governmental organizations that have put the tab at about seven trillion dollars in terms of the global shift to clean energy. By pulling out of the Paris Accord, we're essentially pulling ourselves out of the negotiations on how that moves forward. We're pulling ourselves out of a lot of opportunities to really advance those technologies. And you know, don't forget. Most of those are things we invented here in the United States. So we're taking a big hit on that side. And on the other end, you know, look at the costs that we're already incurring um, from climate change. We haven't even seen the worst of it. We're just starting to see those impacts. And, you know, we were talking off the phone about impacts of flooding and salt water getting into, uh, getting into drinking water. Uh, uh, well, I was I was reading about that. And, I was yeah. reading, yeah, reading about that this morning and uh, just this morning. In Florida, about that happening. And, uh, Peggy, you were talking about... Atlantic City. Atlantic City. And on and on. And, and, and Josh, you said, and how about forest fires? And then I heard this morning coming in uh, uh, a report about uh, carbon in the atmosphere now being measured at 410 parts per million. You know, when, when 20 years ago, you could actually get 350 parts mm-hmm. per million. Uh, we're, we're way past the tipping point here. And, and and folks are arguing like, well, we can still figure this out if we just pull together. Well, obviously, our government is not interested in pulling together with anybody. And that's why it's our so federal. Our federal. Right. Our federal government, which takes us to that idea that there are all these entities, mayors and governors uh, and other organizations who are saying, OK, we'll do it ourselves. Uh, that's got to be encouraging to the NRDC, Josh. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And and this is a trend that we were seeing even before uh, the, the decision to leave the Paris Accord. And I think if you look here in Illinois, you have uh, the Future Energy Jobs Act, which uh, went into law this month, um, which is a really aggressive effort to uh, to incentivize and embrace clean energy here in uh, here in the state of Illinois, uh, you've got 
the effort from the city of Chicago to do um, to embrace the, uh, uh, the 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 Paris Accords, but also to push back on some of the other things we see the Trump administration doing, like posting climate data. Uh, the climate data that had been residing on uh, EPA websites for years and years, uh, the current administration scrubbed that data. The city of Chicago uh, stepped in, posted it, made it available for the public. I mean, that's the sort of climate leadership that we're seeing from cities and states. It doesn't reverse the trend. It doesn't do everything we need, but it is uh, it, it is it's happy making. Um, it's important, and it is a recognition that this is a problem we all have uh, have to help deal with. Uh, I, I like you bringing that up. Now, the city of Chicago itself has posted some of that data. All of it. All of it. Yeah, that's right. And I'll tell you, I in the past I've had issues with some of the stuff that Rahm Emanuel has done, but uh, this one I got to applaud and say, okay, good job, dude. I'm glad you're uh, doing this. Uh, and it it really says something, though, that you're so uncertain about your point of view that you're going to remove all of the data because we don't want to even have that out there. It's this is these are people who who have no confidence at all that they can make the argument that climate change is not happening, which we all know it is. It's it's the consensus is out there. I saw this wonderful post that uh, Kathleen from our team uh, and my partner put up on uh, the Mike Novak show page, uh, Facebook page just yesterday. It's it's very funny. And the headline is why scientists disagree about global warming. And you click on it. And the answer is they don't. And it shows these different <laughs> and it shows these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven surveys where in one of them, 100 percent agree in another one, 97, 97, 97, 91, 93, 97 uh, uh, in consensus uh, that global warming is, is happening or climate change is happening. So that argument's over. Mm-hmm. And 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 now what you get from from the other side uh, occasionally is well we understand that it might be happening but we really don't think that we can do anything about it or that uh, human beings don't really have much to do with it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, so here we are uh, with the world mobilized. Well, America mobilized, mm-hmm. I guess, and the world too because the suburbs mobilized. Everybody yeah. mobilized. <laughs> so. That's the good news that has come out of this. And one of the things that's really funny, Josh, about the NRDC and what you guys are doing, I went to your website, and you've got this thing called Trump Watch. Uh, And I ran just two days of headlines up there on my blog last night. Headlines like, Trump on his wall, stick solar panels on it. The EPA chief's criticism of climate models are without merit. Trump picks climate critic as nation's top enviro cop. The EPA delays clean air standards on smog pollution. EPA chief Pruitt wants to be captain of a new debate team on climate change. Sigh. Trump administration proposes seismic testing for oil drilling in Atlantic. I mean, it goes on and on. That's two days worth of headlines. So as you, you mentioned off air, your, your people uh, have a lot to run with here, don't they? 
It is, uh, you know, the only thing you can do is uh, to keep saying is to, to laugh. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be crying yeah. over the just sort of the all-out assault on, on the environment right now. Um, yeah, unfortunately, while, you know, the, the, the happy uh, thing, the, the, what we're seeing in terms of the cities, cities and states stepping up and doing their part is really, really important, unfortunately, a huge amount of folks in the country just aren't paying attention. And um, folks who are going to be impacted by these things, uh, loosening of regulations um, that are there to protect the public from air pollution, water pollution, uh, impact on our food supply. These are all things that are being addressed uh, very quietly in Washington, D.C. And if folks are not paying attention and not letting their elected representatives know uh, this is not going to be uh, – this isn't going to work out for America, and this is not the intention of the voters. Um, these things are going to keep happening. It's not just the Trump administration. It's, it's, it's uh, actions in Congress underway, too. So we're getting it on both ends, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Trump Watch. Uh, if folks want to go to that site, there are also options there for uh, making your voice heard, and I think that is – what is absolutely essential in this moment. Uh, folks in D.C. are doing things because they think we're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. If we make our uh, if we make our voices loud, um, they will revert back to doing what should be uh, looking out for the needs of the people. And that's not happening right now. So what do you advise people to do? Uh, you, you say there are a number of ways people can engage. What What's number one on your list? Well, I, I think there are a, a bevy of things um, going on right now in the uh, it, it, since the departure from Paris. So there's a new campaign that's not just a, uh, not an NRDC campaign. We're a part of it, but lots of others. Um, it's hashtag I'm still in. And uh, you can go uh, on social media or go online, and there are a whole bunch of activities there. But the most important thing is to step up. And uh, put your name down and let people know that what's going on isn't acceptable. We still support uh, the Paris Accord and dealing with climate change. Uh, step up, get off the fence, let our elected officials know that, uh, that this matters. Uh, and I believe that Peggy uh, will be hashtagging that uh, right now. I think that's going out We're on, getting our, there. on our Twitter feed. Um, let's bring it uh, a little closer to home because one of the things that you surprised me with, you and I had a conversation the other day, and um, you surprised me when you mentioned the Chicago River and how since the turn of this century, meaning since 2000, it's <laughs> flowing back into Lake Michigan a lot more often than we would uh, care to have happen. Uh, I was, I was a little stunned and surprised. I didn't know about this. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it, sure. And and you know, this is all very much in line with the sorts of things that the climate scientists have been saying for decades was going to happen. You know, the what what, um, what they predicted for our region is that we would get the same amount of rain um, that, we, that we've always gotten, but it would be coming in these shorter, more violent and intense rainstorms. And one of the problems that we have in this region is that we don't have infrastructure that's built to deal with it. And uh, since all of that infrastructure tends to tie into the Chicago River, we have a problem. So we have these big storms. They dump a lot of rain really quickly into, onto the ground. It goes into the sewer system. 
the sewer system quickly gets overwhelmed and dumps it into the Chicago River or the Chicago area waterways, the uh, rivers. And then, uh, and, and then the water level of the river goes up. Water rolls downhill. And uh, ultimately, ultimately, the level of the river goes higher than the level of the lake. Water rolls downhill, and uh, the, the Chicago River reverts back to its old path, flowing back into the lake. And in the last 10 years, we've seen 33 billion gallons of contaminated river water wow. going into Lake Michigan. Uh, I saw that figure, and I was I was stunned by it. 33 billion? Uh, and, and that's both the locks and the North Shore Channel? That's right. And, you know, this happened last month in May. The North Shore Channel opened up, and we saw millions of gallons go out into the lake. Um, And, you know, this isn't just the environmentalists saying this. You can look at the comments from uh, David St. Pierre, who runs the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District. Those are the folks who manage our stormwater system. And he says the same thing. He says, you know, this is unprecedented uh, volumes of water coming in. This is absolutely a function of climate change. And we need to to be aware that this is a real problem and we need to do some things to address it. Yeah. And and there's going to be unintended consequences even beyond the pollution and the sewage that comes in. What if this blows up along the area where we're trying to keep the Asian carp out and suddenly we float a few of those mm-hmm. puppies into uh, Lake Michigan? I mean, that's, it's, 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 it's possible those kinds of things can happen. And by the way, I just want to mention that uh, we, had, we had a caller uh, who, who wanted to uh, defend the Trump administration, didn't want to be on the phone. You know, we're not going to yell at you. If if you call in eight four seven four seven five fifteen ninety, I'd really like to hear what you got to say. Uh, but and I appreciate you calling because he talked uh, very nicely to Ben. And thank you for being polite. Um, you know, if we don't have a conversation, if we don't have a dialogue, we are in trouble. So that's what we would like to do here. Uh, and we're talking to Josh Mogerman from the NRDC. Uh, we have just a couple of minutes left here, Josh. So here we here we are. We've got uh, the uh, climate change hits home. That's the thing I think, folks. The message we take away from this is it's not on somebody else's yard. Uh, you know, we say, well, in Florida, this and Atlantic City, this and the fires in the the West, this. Hey, look in Chicago. It's happening all over the country and in the world, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about gardening things all the time. We can see our growing zone shifting. Uh, There's a huge story today in the Chicago Tribune about uh, increased uh, amounts of issues with ticks. Um, Mm -hmm. That's one of the real concerns with climate change is that you have uh, heat that allows uh, insects and and animals to go to places that they hadn't been before. And, uh, you know, zoonotic diseases, Diseases that go from bugs and animals to people are a real concern for uh, climate change, and it's something that the door is opening up to for us here in Chicago. We need to address this issue. <laughs> there are so many ways that this can come and bite us in the butt, isn't there? Literally. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But um, bum Where's my? Uh, I don't have the rim shot, but we'll give a, we'll do a ding on that. Uh, Josh Mogerman, 
you know, we've got to do this more than uh, every two and a half years. Uh, and uh, I suspect that we will now that uh, I'm at WCGO. Love having you on board. And, of course, if people want more information from the NRDC, where can they go? NRDC.org. We've got all kinds of stuff on our homepage uh, to help you amplify your voice and raise concerns about things that are going on in the environmental world. Fantastic. We'll talk to you soon, Josh. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great day. You too. Do you remember when you were a kid and monarchs and other butterflies were everywhere? When's the last time you even saw a monarch? It's time to get back to nature and enjoy its elegance. Natural Communities Native Plants can help. Get rid of those pesticides and plant a wildflower sanctuary in your own backyard. Sit back and watch the birds and bees and, yes, monarchs. Established native plants require less maintenance, no watering, and fertilizers. Necessary and beautiful, they are a lazy gardener's dream. What's not to like? Natural Communities has more than 200 species of hard-to-find true native flowers, grasses, shrubs, trees, and seed. They can please everyone, from the nerdiest native plant geek to the novice. They even have native garden kits for beginners. And until May 31st, mention the Mike Novak Show and get 10% off any plant purchase. Get back to nature. Go to naturalcommunities.net. That's naturalcommunities.net. Now's the time to get on board with one of McHenry County's premier sustainability and healthy living events. If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place November 4th, but registration for vendor and artist space is open now. McHenry County College is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and this year's Green Living Expo is going to be bigger than ever. They've added an artist walk where visitors can shop and chat with local sustainable artists. And if you offer eco-friendly holiday gifts, you'll get a head start on season. Mike and I were there last year, and the Expo is a great way to interact with McHenry County's green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. That sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world. This is your talk, WCGO. Hang on. When this old world starts getting me down And people are just too much for me to face I climb way up to the top of the stairs And all my cares just drift right into space Alright, they'll get to the part. Yeah, right here, coming up. You know, they're not even going to get to the on the roof no, part. No, he did That's, say, when I get he? up, climb the stairs and I get up to the roof. Oh, here we are. Up on the roof. All right. We, and the reason we played that, of course, is uh, we have Brianne Heath on the phone right now, and she just climbed down 
from the roof, uh, and I know about it because it's uh, in my neck of the woods in the, the Logan Square neighborhood, and you guys have a pretty remarkable rooftop garden slash farm, whatever you guys want to call it, up uh, on the roof there in Logan Square. Uh, how's everything looking on the roof, Brianne? Everything's looking great. I feel like this is my best gardening year yet. Really? I harvested broccoli, um, purple and white cauliflower, and purple sprouting broccoli. Wow. I'm jealous. Already? I didn't get my broccoli yeah. and cauliflower my, in yet. My broccoli's or, like or, the size of a dandelion where the head's forming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, you still have a second chance. If you uh, if you start seeds in July, then you'll right. have a fall harvest. Yeah, I won't remember that either. Well, okay. I'm just waiting for mine and by, to be ready by July. That's all. Yeah. It, you yeah. know, and I found that even if you get a late start on broccoli, it it's 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 a cool season vegetable but it's, it tends to tolerate heat if you keep it mm-hmm. hydrated and you keep it going. Yeah, yeah. I've been watering it really well. I've been um, trying to keep up on the watering this year more than usual. Well, you haven't had to worry about that until about the last week. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, the last two weeks even. It's been you know pretty hot and dry. Yeah, hot and dry and a rooftop. That's an interesting combination. So (laughs) (laughs) that means you can grow some things really well, and others are really going to take a hit up there, aren't they? You know, I haven't really had uh, anything not do too well up there. Hmm. Um, You know, I'm I'm growing raspberries, grapes, broccoli, lettuce. Um, You know, the other day I harvested a two-pound butterhead lettuce. We saw that on uh, on on the Facebook page. Yeah, I was pretty proud of that monster. <laughs> so maybe you need to go to Logan Square and fix up Mike's garden, and come to Highland Park and get mine. No, moving. no, no, no. My garden's okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm 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 concentrating on the uh, the warm weather vegetables because I always seem to miss the launch window for the cool season vegetables, and I and that's because I don't feel like going out in March <laughs> and, and getting that right. that stuff done, and then suddenly it's the end of April, beginning of May. I went. Oh, oh yeah! I forgot to put my lettuces in. Okay, well let's let's move on to beans next. Uh, right, exactly. And and it happens every year to me. I don't know why that is. It just happens every year. You got a radio show to prepare for. Yeah, that, so. but I love your idea. At the end, you know, July, August, start preparing for the fall crops, uh, right. and you can do some of those cool season vegetables then. Uh, but the reason we've got you on the show now, Brianne Heath has been on the program a number of times, and she works with uh, the Peterson Garden Project. And uh, who else are are you associated with? Uh, yeah, Peterson Garden Project, and then my own farm, uh, the Pipe Patch. Oh, well, I was going to get to that. I've just other organizations. <laughs> but but she is the uh, owner and proprietor of the Pie Patch. It's a pick-your-own-farm, organic farm. And here's the best part. It's in the city of Chicago, in the back of the yards neighborhood, and 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 Brianne grows uh, strawberries, apples, pears, plums, raspberries, rhubarb, apricots, peaches, pumpkin, and Concord grapes. Wow, that's that's amazing. So, how's everything doing this year? Uh, well, everything's uh, pretty weedy. You know, I'm I'm doing well and I'm keeping up to date on my rooftop garden, but my own uh, farm down in back of the yard is uh, a little neglected right now. Um, the weeds down there are enormous, um, and you know some of my beds are 100 feet long, so it can take you know it can take eight to ten hours just to weed one bed. Wow! Wow! 
So by the time I'm finished with one and starts the next, you know, it's almost like a second full-time back. job, you know, just dealing with the weeds. And it's on the same day. She finishes one, on the, and then she has to go back to the beginning because the weeds have yeah. already grown that fast. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but I saw a post the other day in the AUA, that's Advocate for Urban Agriculture's uh, listserv, uh, their Google group, and it said, Join AUA and Slow Food Chicago for our fourth group volunteering day at urban farms and gardens across the city, our next Raise the Barn Crop Mob will be at the Pie Patch. And yes. I thought, what? Are you putting up a barn? What's going on? next? And this is next week. It's Saturday, June 17th, 9 a.m. to noon. I'm not going to be there because I'm going to be here in the studio, unfortunately. But I, I swear I, I'm going to come down there and, and, and help you uh, pick weeds. How's that? I'm okay. going to help you clean out some weeds because I know how to do that. Um. And the pie patch is at uh, 5045 South Laughlin in Chicago. Again, 9 to noon, Saturday, June 17th. What is this uh, Raise the Barn crop mob all about? Uh, well, I'm not sure what the Raise the Barn thing is about. Uh, this, is the first, <laughs> this is the first year that I believe Slow Food and AUA um, are partnering together to do these mm-hmm. crop mobs. Uh, for the past two years, I've done crop mobs with Slow Food Chicago. Uh, you know, similar model, model going to a rural or an urban farm with a group of volunteers to help out for, you know, say half a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, uh, AUA is partnering, uh, you know, I think to maybe widen the pool of volunteers or, or widen their advocacy reach. And I think uh, Raise the Roof is, or I'm sorry, Raise the Barn is just. Um, what they're what they're calling the whole series of crop moms. So it's not you're not literally raising a barn. It's just it's a metaphor. I think so. Yeah. So what are they doing though? Yeah. What are they going to help you do? Weed. Uh, you know, weeding, weeding is not a very fun thing for a big volunteer group to do. Yeah, but very necessary. Needed. Very so, necessary. Yeah. Yeah, so for, for groups like this, I like to plan more um, projects, you know, projects that we're going to start and finish in the same day. You know, so there's a sense of, sense of accomplishment. There's not really going to be a great sense of accomplishment with weeding <laughs> uh, down there. So we're going to be working on uh, the pumpkin patch, preparing that for planting. And, you know, it's, a, it's about maybe two weeks late for planting pumpkins. Uh, next Don't week, say but... that. Don't say that because I haven't gotten mine in the ground yet either. Okay. So. <laughs> So I'm yeah. I'm you planning mine anyway. I'm not, yeah, I'm not too worried. We have really long days right now, uh, and the variety of pumpkin I'm growing is called Baby Pam, which is a smaller pie pumpkin. So it'll still be ready, plenty of time for you know October, November pumpkins. Okay. Uh, so you're going to have fun stuff for them to do. I tell you, you, you I, I have to disagree. You say that there's no sense of accomplishment if you take a whole <laughs> row of of crop and you weed it and you look at where you haven't weeded mm-hmm. and where you have, that's a sense of accomplishment seeing that whole yes, thing finished. Definitely. But I that, think if it were weeds that are, you know, the normal type of weed, that would be, you know, a good sense of accomplishment. But what I have growing there is rampant mugwort. And as soon as you pull it out of the ground, if there's even, you know, like a little bit, like even a quarter of an inch of root left in there. Yeah. It's going to spread up again within the next week or so. Uh, and that was, I assume, on the uh, property when you got there. Yes, and I suspect that it was 
planted on purpose. Uh, many folks use it as a medicinal, mm-hmm. but it just it just really spread and went crazy. I weeded uh, thoroughly in February when we had a few warm days. Again in April, and you know it's already you know you know maybe six to eight inches tall. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah, you know, and and that's sort of a site specific, and there you go. It's sometimes uh, some sort of hazard is 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 right there. Somebody's medicinal herb is somebody else's bane mm-hmm. of their existence. Oh my gosh. Way too yeah, much it for really tea. Really is my bane. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit. Let me ask you a really quick questions. We got a call yesterday on the show about plum trees and mm-hmm. black knot. Somebody had black knot on their plum tree. Have you ever uh, encountered that problem? No, I haven't. Uh, my problem right now is plum curculio. Um, and it makes it, it you know, the, the fruit will form and it'll get maybe about half size and mature and then just drop. Yikes. Yeah. And is that, has that happened on all your plums or just some of them? What's the story? It's happening on all of my plums, and it looks like it might be spreading to some of the apples. Mm. You know, I, I'm, i you know, still learning. I mean, I've, I know a lot about vegetable growing, but I'm new to fruit growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm learning about this is that, you know, it really has to be sprayed for this insect right after blossom drops. So after the bees have pollinated the plum blossoms, the plum blossoms will drop, and then the fruit will start to form. And that's a signal to the female um, plum pecorillo to lay her eggs. And so that's when you really want to spray. Uh, you know, part of my problem is, is missing that window uh, because I'm so busy with other stuff. But also I haven't really found what I think might be a good, effective um, spray approved for organic production. Well, yeah, organic. You're looking for an organic spray, obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and the thing is, is I haven't even sprayed for anything at my farm, you know, so far, not even, you know, sprays approved for organic production so the idea of using a spray you know is pretty new to me you know having to deal with a pest like this all right and we have just a couple of minutes here but i wanted to let folks know that pick your own dates are 1 to 4 p.m um but you've got uh, dates on uh well you had one yesterday but next saturday the 17th along with the uh the mob coming out there and on wednesday june 21st uh, and if people want to come another time, do they have to make an appointment? Is that how that works? Uh, no, it, it really is better to just, um, you know, give me a call and see if I'm down there. Uh, but really, like, the, the pick-your-own days are when I'm ready and, you know, I'm guaranteed to have a lot to pick. Okay. And you can find it at thepiepatchfarm.com. Uh, pints are 4 bucks. Quarts are 8 bucks. Very reasonable. It's fresh. It's organic. Uh, I'm going to come down there. I'm, I'm going to grab Kathleen, and we're going to we're going to head on down and pick a few ourselves. So, uh, Brianne Heath, I hope things go well next week. Good luck with your curculio uh, and everything else going on at the Pie Patch, and uh, we'll have you back on the show soon. I hope. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're coming into the home stretch. Mm-hmm. Stick around. Your family and pets spend a lot of time in public parks, schoolyards, and on your own lawn. And you want those grounds to be not only beautiful, but safe. 
Logic Lawn Care is an Evanston company with a decade of experience successfully creating beautiful lawns naturally. Logic works with homeowners on the North Shore and also with schools, park districts, and cities across Chicagoland to manage large turf areas naturally. Get a free estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contractor. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Your talk. This is your talk. Only on 1590. Your talk. WCGO Evanston, Chicago. I couldn't resist. I saw this sitting up there. Since this is yeah, our, I saw that. This is our 60s and 70s yep. tribute today on the Mike Novak Show. Why not? The, the Ronettes. Ronettes. Yeah. Great song. Oh, 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 oh. Anything you want to sing? Go ahead. No. That's <laughs> no, this isn't. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's not your... your Mighty House. Is, they sing. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mighty House. True, so we don't. Okay. My Mighty House sings, by the way, Saturday mornings, 7 to 10, right here on... WCGO. Chicago Smart Talk, 1590 WCGO. Yes. Uh, as we uh, wrap up here, w- we wanted to call your attention to several things. First of all, let's, you heard it earlier this hour, the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. Um, tell your friends, as I say, tell your enemies, tell your relatives, which are often your enemies and not your friends. <laughs> and. Uh, we're just encouraging people, gardeners in the city of Chicago, to enter, and you can do that by going to my website, mikenovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net. You'll see the Chicago Garden Awards at the top of the page. 
and click on that, and you get all the information. You go to the Illinois Extension website, uh, and you can fill out. Uh, and you know, and I know that this time of the year, here we are in June, and it's hot, getting hot, and that's when people start thinking about their mm-hmm. their pumpkins and their melons and their squashes and beans and peppers and tomatoes. My tomatoes are in the ground. Peggy's soon to be, maybe they're they're, they're like reaching toward the ground. They're 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 crying out to Peggy when she comes home, saying, "Please." Please, plant it's amazing us. how those indeterminates just kind of grab your ankles they and go, do. plant it, us. It, it's, it's right. Plant us. Uh, and, uh, uh, hey, Ben. And uh, so we just wanted to let people know that uh, this is going on. Mm-hmm. And all you got to do right now is sign up. The judging isn't until July. So don't worry if everything's still looking a little small. Yeah, in and, your that, garden. And, and that was a point I was going to make is that some folks are just getting going. They go, I don't know what my garden's going to look like. Yes, you do. You know, you, you know, know what, what you, you planted. You know what you planted. You know what it's going to look like. You know. And if you're going to enter the contest, you know you've got a gorgeous garden anyway. So don't That's be shy. Right. Sign up. There you go. So we're calling you, uh, calling that to your attention, and 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 please tell your friends and get people on board while the registration process is going on. It's going on now, probably till the end of the month. Uh, so uh, again, go to mikenovak.net and look for that information. Now, the other thing we wanted to call to your attention is a photo that uh, we put on the this week's show blog, and it's of the Chicago River, and it's right at the top. So if 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 you go there, you will see this, and you might be wondering, what is that? What? What? There it is. Because if you look at it, <laughs> it's the Chicago River, and it was kind of I put that up there in honor of our conversation earlier in the day with uh, Josh Mogerman, uh, and it's Peggy and I got a call. I got actually I got an email from uh, a friend of the show, Michelle Kasner, who uh, said, "Hey, you've got to." Take a look at this. There's this. You're not going to believe it. Uh, well, it's it's an area that was uh, supposed to be for wildlife on the Chicago yeah. River. Quote, off the city of Chicago, it's an attempt to create a quiet, shallow area with aquatic plants. Okay. A and small the, corner of the river channel has been fenced off and separated, and a few clumps of native bulrush and sedges have been established through the efforts. Blah, blah, blah. And that was like 2006. Six. Okay, so we're talking 11 years ago. However. And, and, and Michelle was walking by and saw the sign and said, whoa, this is not what they had in mind, I'm sure. Uh, for one thing, you can't get to it, and that's good. That's fine. You know, it's not, it's not about people. It's about the nature. It's about the wildlife on the Chicago River. But if you look down, you see junk, plastic bottles. Uh, you see cans. You see beach balls, uh, you see scum on the water, and Canada geese, and the occasional turtle. And there's a, and then picture mm-hmm. right at the top of the 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 photo that is on uh, MikeNovak.net. You can see a turtle. You'll see you'll see a Canada goose <laughs> and a turtle right next to it. And you see other Canada geese in, but not much else. An occasional carp went by too. Yeah. Uh now look. We're not we're not busting anybody. What well, we want to call attention to the state of the Chicago River. They were working, as uh, Josh Mogerman from the NRDC said earlier, working towards cleaning it up, uh, and that is why the disinfectant has gone into the river in the last couple of years. Um, and 
is still it's still a long way from healthy. Uh, but it is interesting that this thing got set up and then just got abandoned, obviously left to its own devices. So what we're interested in doing is bringing in the people who set this up. And I and it's is it Friends of the Chicago River or is it somebody else? You, it seems to be a variety. Friends of the Chicago River, IDNR. Was it, um, yeah, IDNR was involved. The city in of this. Chicago was involved. Daily's names on the sign. Yeah, um, Chicago housing. <laughs> He's gone. Chicago he, he Housing t- was involved, too. Yeah. So, uh, because it's next to the project, housing project, it's at Diversity and Logan uh, on the Chicago, and Levitt, yeah, actually north, no, I'm sorry, east of the north branch of the Chicago River. So, it's just east of the north mm-hmm. branch of the Chicago River at Diversity and Levitt. If you, if you look for the Diversity River Bowl, and you will know go what across the bridge. Go and across right the bridge, there. and it's right there. So, we went and took a look and took a bunch of photographs, and it it was very interesting, and so I think it is something to talk about, mm-hmm. about how how much progress are we making in cleaning up the Chicago River. And then there's that, the cool thing that the Urban Rivers Group just did at Goose Island yesterday. Yeah. Tell which, us about that a little which bit. Which is, they are a group that actually, they did some crowdfunding, um, and they they say, quote, bring life back to city rivers and they're installing floating gardens at goose island june 10th and today 11th and uh they have built these floatable like 120 i think don't quote me um floatable wetlands that they're going to plant and they're putting all around goose island they're securing them and this is kind of what the idea was at the diversity area was to create habitat Mm -hmm. um the problem with habitat when once you create it is you have to monitor it. You got to maintain it and clean it. You've got I know, and it's no fun, uh, especially in the Chicago River. And I have canoed <laughs> the river, the North Branch, from Addison down to the mouth at Lake Michigan. I did that several years mm-hmm. ago with Heather Fry. That was an adventure. That was <laughs> it's it's longer than you think for one thing, uh, but it's also. Uh, and this was before they started disinfecting the river. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's it's not going to happen overnight. It's it's not going to change overnight. But uh, I'm I'm glad that 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 folks are uh, addressing that. So, so there you go. Was there one more thing that we wanted to get to, or or is uh, it... Loyola Farmers Market? Okay. is now open. It is the only Monday farmers market in the city. Okay. And it is uh, unfortunately because I was posting something else. I can't tell you. But if you go to you... Uh, look up Loyola's Farmers You market. look it up while I do this. I want to thank folks on the show today. Diane Blazik from National Garden Bureau. Josh Mogerman from the NRDC. Breanne Heath from the Pie Patch. Did you find the information? Yes. Every Monday, 3 to 7 p.m. at Loyola. Um, off the CTA red line, Loyola stops. Okay. 6550 North Sheridan. And I want to thank Ben Boquist, our engineer. Don't forget, 1 o'clock, a rebroadcast of yesterday's show. Until next week, go green or... Go home. Stadler? Uh, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.